Welcome to RSN's Race Day. Ready? Gates crash back in racing. For the first hour, it's the first word. Here's Gareth Hall. Yes, this is RSN's Race Day on this Saturday, the 23rd of July. Good morning to you, listening on your local RSN 927 dial throughout Victoria. And hello to you, wherever you may be listening, on the RSN 927 app. Our sister channels right across the country and also on our website, at rsn.net.au. Well, we head to Caulfield this afternoon as our premier meeting here in Victoria, and it's Bletchingly Stakes Day. It's that Group 3 wait for age race over the 1,200 metres, and, of course, it's the last group race of the season here in Melbourne. Yesterday, Blazer Trail for the Mara and Eustace camp took out the Madura Cup, and they have day two of their carnival on this Saturday afternoon as a Victoria's second meeting. The other feature race around the country this afternoon is at Royal Randwick for the Winter Challenge at listed level. We're also racing at Doombin, Morfordville. There's a handy meeting across there in WA at Belmont. We'll also preview the Kilmore Trots meeting tonight. It's a big meeting for that club as they celebrate some of the former champions based in Kilmore over the years, including the best of them all in Popular Arm, and the Popular Arm free-for-all is the feature there tonight at Kilmore and the Trots, and it's a big night of greyhound racing at the Meadows. The highlight there is the Group 1 maturity, where it sees the best greyhound in the land, the most exciting chaser in the country. Well, she's fast, is the dominant favourite at $1.40 for Cal Greeno, and also Jackie Greeno tonight there at the Meadows, which is race number eight. At 7.05, you're with Gareth Hall, and this is RSN Saturday Race Day. Sam's Race Day and the first word with Gareth Hall. As always, we kick it off with the first word. We'll be catching up with a host of trainers, Dave Eustace, Jerome Hunter, Greg Urell, Brent Stanley, Ben Hayes, Ben Brisbane, Trent Bussardin, Philip Stokes, Gavin Bedgegood, Brad Taylor, of course, the foreman for Anthony and Sam Friedman will also join us along with David Brideoak, Paul Snowden and Archie Alexander straight after The first word, and after 8 o'clock, we'll have, of course, the Melbourne Form Panel. Warren Huntley, David Gately, Mark Hunt will be joining me, along with Nicole Thomas from the TAB. And then it is a big interstate preview hour after 9 o'clock. David Gately will take a close look at that Sydney meeting at Royal Randwick. Kevin Casey with his best in Sydney. Ed Kennett with his play of the day. Bart Sinclair looks at Durban. Nadia Horn at Morfordville. Peter Anthony is back from holidays. He'll give us his three best there at uh, Belmont this afternoon. Harry White previews at Mildura. We'll take a close look at the Kilmore Trots tonight. And Georgie Ferrugia will be previewing the card there at uh, the Meadows. But it's time to head out to Caulfield to catch up with Tim Bailey for a track update. Tim, good morning to you. Good morning, Gareth. What conditions have you arrived at Caulfield to um, see there today? And how's the track looking? Yeah, it's actually quite a mild book. Morning this morning, Gareth. Um, the post of the track is a soft five. Both as two scenarios today. The forecast is for four to ten millimetres of rain during the afternoon, unfortunately. So I suppose the scenario, if, if that rain comes after the meeting, uh, would be on a soft five with the possibility of getting to a four during the day. And I'd be re- you know, I mean, really confident the track's in terrific order and it'll race very well. Um, if that rain happens to come in during the meeting and open the track up, um, you know, we'll, we'll probably say as a genuine soft and that may see, you know, horses just getting off the fence as the day progresses. Okay, mate. How's your week been? Oh, uh, yeah, the week, week's been a fantastic lead-up. Um, it's been, a, yeah, we've only had one mil of rain for the week, so the track's really dried out, which is which is good after a lot of early winter rain. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's set us up well. So it'd be a real bonus for us just to, you know, looking looking ahead with some big spring racing coming up if the rain arrived after the meeting. And we, you know, there's a big difference between racing on a soft five good four with minimal damage compared to, you know, when, when when you do get rain during a race meeting, it yeah. really opens the track up. So, uh, yeah, fingers crossed it, that's, it comes after race nine. That's the key, as you pointed out. Like, I think even last meeting there at Caulfield, if it rains during the day, the, the track does chop out pretty quickly, unfortunately. Um, and waking up this morning, it is, it's, it's, a, it's a weird winter's morning. It's like a balmy um, morning um, when I wake up in South Melbourne. So um, is the chance, what time is the rain predicted this afternoon? Well, the Bureau are just saying afternoon rain, but look, if you look at the radar now, there's certainly some rain out to the west of us. Yeah. Um, doesn't look too heavy, but there's certainly rain out that way, and I see you know, areas like Stormland that have recorded about four millimetres of rain already. So, 
you know, hope, there's not a breath of wind, so you would imagine it'd be slow, slow moving uh, coming across. So, you know, I suppose we just, as I said, we're just in the lap of the gods, and, and from a betting perspective, I'd, you know, I'd be, I'd be just keeping an eye on that weather. And as I said, if if, uh, if it doesn't rain, I'll, you know, I'd be, I think it's a tracky bet on with a lot of confidence that if the rain arrives, you know, maybe they, they do start coming down the middle of the track. What about the rails out six metres, of course, and then you, do you have, is there much wind predicted? Uh, 15 to 25 kilometre northerly, um, which is a headwind coming down the side out of the 1200 chute. So traditionally, that's getting close to, you know, almost, you know, if it gets up to those 25 to 30 kilometre yeah. range, it's getting close to where you think you might want a bit of cover uh, coming down the side there. Uh, yeah, so that could be a little bit of, uh, make a little bit of difference to the, how the races are run today. All right, mate. Good luck today, Tim. Thanks for your time, and that's a great update. We appreciate it. Thanks, Gareth. There's Tim Bailey with that update there at Caulfield. And David Eustace is our first trainer here to kick off the first word on this Saturday. It's a good morning to you, Dave. Morning, Gareth. How are you? Good, thanks, mate. How did unusual culture train on after her first up effort for your stable there at Caulfield last start? Yeah, she, she trained on really well. Um, learned a fair bit about her there, Gareth. To be honest, she, she just blew up the last sort of one one fifty. Mm-hmm. Um so she's had a couple of good strong bits of work. Linda's um ridden her twice um and yeah the fourteen hundred you know undoubtedly fourteens or not is, is gonna be her trip. Um from the barrier was sort of rider fairly soft to to hit the line and you know gut feeling she'll be she's gonna continue to improve throughout the preparation. In New Zealand, even at her first start, she was dominant off the speed. Was it just a case the other day that it was just a small field? You had no other option, really, just to, to land in the spot that you did on pace? Yeah, and actually, she surprised us a little bit in that she she raced quite fresh, which she hadn't done in her trials or her jump-outs. You know, she'd been very very relaxed at home, not, not, not lazy or laid-back, but just switched off very well, whereas... No, she definitely just got to the races and was pleased to be back and uh, really, you know, grabbed the bridle and, and just travelled that little bit stronger that you would like and and that took a little bit out of her at the end. So, um, yeah, I, I think that's absolutely right. Sort of ridden quieter. Hopefully they um, go a nice gallop and um, I think we'll see her finish off really well. So she's at $6. Um, she could definitely win this afternoon, but you think she'll just be better with the experience once again? Yeah, that's that's right. Yeah, I think probably everything's going to need to go away from the barrier. Um, but I think she's, you know, we still think she's a uh, affiliate to follow throughout. Chains of Honour. We know that he was successful over the hurdles the other day. Back on the flat, back to the twenty four hundred. Can he win? Uh, yeah, I think he can. Um, you know, we've just said time and time again these horses that um, go and have a hurdling or. or a career over fences and then come back to the flat. Um, you know, they, they get rejuvenated and um, you know, he's just in really good order. He's bouncing. Um, it's a restricted race of over gold horses, so um, it, it hasn't got a huge amount of strength and um, he's going to love that little bit of juice in the ground as well. So um, obviously rock hard fit will, will make, a, make a bit of use of him and I think he's got a great chance. And no, she's all class this afternoon. Was looking forward to seeing her go around in a pretty hot three-year-old fillies race. Um, was it the barrier that was a concern there? No, it just picked up a bug. Um, okay. Yeah, flood wasn't 100%, so hopefully we'll see her again in the next two or three weeks. Yep, and then Mayfair Spirit gets Jamie Carr in that last race. Um, what did you make his, his, his effort there at Caulfield the other day? Yeah, um, but he obviously... Just got no no run, did he? It was a, it was a barrier trial for him. Uh, no no worse. So uh, he's in really good nick, and we really fancied him to run well that day, and thought he would have with a clear run. And uh, nothing's really changed since. He's been training well again. We'll love just a little bit of sting out. Um, he's just going to need a bit of luck in running. From a trainer's perspective, when they have no luck like Mayfair Spirit did the other day, um, when you take them home. Is it easy to, to tick them over, or do you have to give them a little bit more work after they didn't have the best of luck? What's the scenario there? Um, yeah, look, I think when they have that sort of run, it's uh, 
bike that gives you the confidence to set them out um, a little bit sooner yep. uh, than normal because he you know, hasn't been able to fully exert himself. He's a horse who you do need to keep on top of as well. He's a highly strong character. He, he races in earmuffs and, and a crossover and a tongue tie for good reason. And um, you do need to sort of keep on top of him. So he, he did sort of need that run. And yes, as a result, he's had a couple of good bits. Um, but uh, yeah, bad seemed to run really well today. Easy single might have got out a little bit too late the other day in Sydney. W Pike jumps on. Can he lift easy single over the line in the fourth in Sydney? Yeah, I like the way the race sets up. Um, Brown's no problem. Uh, draw is good down in the weight. Um, all big ticks for him. He's in really good form and uh, arguably should have run won a couple of weeks ago. So he didn't have a hard race at all. Albeit on that sort of ground, you, you you never have a completely soft run, but I think he's got a big chance. I guess probably the most exciting horse for your stable is Gold Trip first up for your camp in the Winter Challenge. Your expectations with him? Um, but we just love to see him run a nice race, Gareth. We're yeah. well aware that he's obviously an end tie, hasn't ran for a year. Um, his first jump out was very taking over a thousand, but was rusty out of the barriers. And then, you know, we were forced to trial over 900 back in Trifford Albury, closed off well. And hopefully he just does that today. Um, you know, the heavy 10 in many ways is, yeah, it's a concern and it's not a concern. He will handle it, uh, but it's also going to be fairly energy sapping for him as well. But he's been in work a long time and, and, you know, desperately needs to have a start for himself for us to work, learn a bit about him too. So hopefully he just finds the line strong. I know you've got a thousand bases, um, David, but heading to Albury, did he enjoy that experience? And was that just a, a desperate attempt just to get some nice ground to trial him on? Well, it actually, we, we, we needed to do it because we had to trial in Sydney oh, um, yeah. to, to actually run. Um, but actually it was a good thing for him to do. Lucy took him up there. He had a you know, a good day out. We got to the races. Um, he perked up a bit. So um, it's probably a blessing that he did that anyway instead of just walking over the road to the trials of Cranbourne. So, um, you know, it definitely brought him on. And he's ready to ride a forward race, but he might find one or two a bit slick. And what about Charlize? Can she win it around the $10 quote in the Winter Challenge? To be honest, I think she's the forgotten horse. Um, yeah. Got a lovely weight. She's match fit, handles the ground. It's a absolute ideal trip, fifteen hundred on a big track. She loves to get back and wide and, and rattle home late. And if she was able to get out when she wanted to, she'd have nearly won in Queensland. So, um, uh, although with the the gold trip in there, she's not. You could argue not overly well handicapped. I think she's actually a massive price. All right, then we might have something each way on her. Charlize in the Winter Challenge. Uh, what's your best today, Dave? I thought her at the prices was. Yeah. Um, and I like Nate Spirit as well. He's going well. Okay. Um, beautiful. And well done, too. You've got a couple of runners at Mildura today. Any standouts there? And well done for winning the Cup yesterday with Blazer Trail. It was a good performance down the centre of the track. Yeah, it was a great for Tio to ride um, as well. Obviously, a former apprentice, and um, we'll continue to try and support him. So that was great. And yeah, look, a couple, couple of maidens there. Princess Nefertiti looks to have found a pretty soft race. So uh, be hopeful rather than confident, though, Gareth. All right, mate. Thanks for your time as always. Brilliant insight. And good luck today, Dave. No problem. Thanks. There's David Eustace. Boy, this bear can train Jerome Hunter, and he's got another pretty smart young horse on his hands in Thrombone, and he joins us now. Jerome, hello to you. Morning. Um, when I was looking at the prizes, I know he has to give a few of these babies some weight, but he's still a pretty big price, um, Thrombone. Is that how you see it, or do you think that it's an extra challenge for him carrying that, that 60 kilos? But I guess we'll price claims one and a half, and so he gets in with 58 and a half. Yeah, look, you know, he, yeah. I think he, he had uh, about 57 and a half last start. Um, you know, so he only goes up a kilo after winning that race. And, look, I think 
a couple of horses that, um, you know, they, they obviously sort of had ability to run in blue diamond pleasures and, and stuff like that. So, you know, he, he, I, I'd like to see what he's up against uh, for the horse going forward into the spring anyway. Was it a case that just because he's in really good form at the moment as a two-year-old and he's enjoying it, that you keep him in work? Or was there a temptation to send him to the paddock after even his uh, victory two starts back here at Caulfield? Oh, look, we, we gave him, um, after Flemington, we gave him uh, 10 days off in the paddock anyway. And um, he, he just did that well. I, I had to bring him back earlier. I was, I was about to, you know, uh, just go... Sh- straight up into the vein stakes with him. Mm-hmm. But uh, he, he was doing so well, I thought, well, I'll bring him back into work and, you know, he, he can race today and then he's still got three, week, three weeks going in, into the vein stakes. So, you know, spreading out his runs, um, you know, it'll be like one run between in six weeks. What's his main goal, hopefully, heading into the spring? Is it the vein or will you just wait and see how he develops? And Do you think he can get over more of a trip? Oh, I, don't, I don't think he... I, I'd be surprised if he does get over further. Uh, it'd be great if he could. Um, but he, he looks like a real sprinter, genuine sprinter. Um, but there's there's no goals. I, I'd just like to see, you know, step him up and, you know, raise the bar every time he races. So, you know, he's, he's done well in the off-season. But I, I really think, you know, you can't really judge him until, you know, going, going up against harder horses that are obviously, you know, in the black-type races. Should we back him today, Jerome? Oh, look, I think he's well. I think he's going as well as what he was last start. So it all depends on uh, the quality of, of the field. But certainly, you know, he's, he was very impressive at Caulfield and he had a real hard uh, run at Flemington, you know, and he had both times, he had the both fields covered pretty easy. What about Barb Raider? How's she, mate? She's excellent. She came back on Monday. Uh, she had six weeks up in Queensland and a cu- couple of weeks doing a bit of pre-training and, and just enjoying the sun, and she's come back fantastic. So I'm really happy the way uh, she looks. Sensational. Good luck today, and with her going forward, but especially with Thrombone in the first at Caulfield, Jerome. Thanks a lot. There's Jerome, Jerome Hunter there. Um, Kath Coleman and Peter Moody there. Got some big chances across the card at Caulfield, including this impressive two-year-old filly, Boogie Dancer. Let's hear from Kath Coleman. She's such a professional, this filly. Like, you can just put her wherever you want to put her, and she just she just does goes to the task at hand. Like, that first part when Linda rode her at Donald, and she had to use a bit of gas to really get her going and hit the front. And then once she got there, she just relaxes beautifully. She didn't want to overdo it. And then to see what she did with Jamie the other day where she'll just go back and she settles there and then when you press the button, just motors home. So she's just, she's such a pleasure to have in the stable with Philly and the great connections with the Wiley Delville colours. So it would be a real thrill if she could um, if she could get the job done tomorrow. It's a good race, that two-year-old race over the seven furlongs and Manhattan Thunder, boy, he was impressive on debut at sale against the pattern and he's trained by Johnny Sadler. Uh, tomorrow from the inside, Barry, he he definitely won't have to go back as far, Matt. So I can I can see him just um, just sitting behind um, a couple of leaders myself. And he's at three dollars ten, so he's the clear second favourite. And it's great to have Damien Lane back competing in Melbourne after having a little bit of a break, Frosty Lane, and of course after having another successful stint before that. In Japan, and Black Max is trained by Lindsay Smith. He's another two-year-old that's got plenty of ability, and this is what Lindsay had to say about his chances in race two at Caulfield. Yeah, no, he's a, he'll just um, take that distance in his eating. He'll uh, yeah, it won't, won't bother him at all. I think he'll get to a mile, and he's a, just a genuine little horse, and um, he'll be competitive. He's at eight dollars fifty, and on the fourth line of betting, there, Black Max. In a race two at Caulfield at 7.23. This is the first word on RSN Saturday race day. Greg Urell, Brent Stanley, Benny Hayes and Ben Brisbane will be joining me straight after this. RSN's race day and the first word with Gareth Hall.
25 minutes past seven, and we're racing on a soft five. Tim Bailey reporting this morning. Hopefully the rain stays away. There are showers predicted in the afternoon. If they come, of course, the track will be affected. But if they don't, if the rain doesn't come, there's a chance that we might get to a good four at Caulfield this afternoon. But the rain is predicted a little later on in the day. Greg Urell's got some nice hopes there at Caulfield, and he joins us now. Good morning to you, Greg. Good morning. Just You must have been happy we taught you good um, returning to the track at Caulfield last start behind Thrombone. Yes, we were. It, uh, it was a good, solid run. He, uh, he probably was just a little bit fresh, did a little bit hard, you know, where he was in the run and, uh, and, and just sort of felt the pinch sort of getting to the line. But uh, certainly that run has cleaned him up and, uh, you know, he's, he's certainly taken a leap forward uh, from it and uh, he's lead up you know, into the race today is very, very good. I'm very happy with his fitness levels. And, and I think we come out of a nice barrier to sort of probably give him every opportunity. A barrier like that can make a difference in a two-year-old race. Oh, absolutely. It's, um, you know, it, it can make or break, you know, in a lot of races, these uh, these barriers. But uh, the opportunity of sort of coming out of, the, you know, the barrier he does today, as I say, it'll give him every opportunity. He should bounce into a lovely spot. And, uh, and yeah, and just... Hopefully, does a little bit easier than what he did last start, and if he does well, you know I think weight-wise, he's probably uh, uh, he's been helped a little bit there also. So, a couple of boxes tick for him today. So, it's uh, been nice to see him see if he can bounce back. Yeah, and do you think he's a horse that'll enjoy the six furlongs? I think so. Yeah, I, I, it, it, it's interesting. It uh, probably today will give us a little bit better guide, um, you know, as to uh, to what's what. You know, he's, he's First two runs, sort of, you know, even his win at Craven, um, yeah, you sort of uh, just not quite indicative of sort of where he's going to sit, you know, as far as distance wise. But 1200 at the moment is certainly ideal, and beyond that, we're just going to have to have a little look and see. It's a competitive race for the Phillies and Mares in the third, the benchmark 70 over the 1400 metres, but she's a dandy, is first up, but she's got the ability to win a race like this first up. Is she fit enough to win first up, Greg? Yeah, that'll uh, that's probably going to be an interesting question. I mean, she's in good order. We've done as much as we can here with her, and uh, I think she's in pretty good nick. But um, you know, you can't beat uh, match practice, of course. But uh, look, I'd, you know, I'm happy where she's drawn. I think she'll get a nice run in the race. Uh, she's a very, very consistent, and honest mare. This, so uh, I think she's going to be in the firing line. And Sister Viani's first up, and In Viva is also first up, and. Um, she gets a start in the Phillies race, race seven. They're both at a big price. Your expectations with those two? Look, Sister Viani's going along really well. Um, you know, very happy with her. Um, prep's been good all the way through and uh, very honest filly. Um, again, she's probably drawn nice to get a good run in the race. Um, you know, as with all of these, as I mentioned, with the, uh, she's a dandy, you know, a couple of these are going to strip you know, with a little bit of a run under their belt, we're uh, we're just coming into it. But as I say, we've sort of done as much as we can. We think we're ready to go. And I do like Viani. I think she's a very, very honest filly. And, um, you know, I think she'll run really well. So, um, you know, and certainly whatever she does today, I know there'll, there'll certainly be a little bit of improvement. So we'll keep our fingers crossed for her. And in Viva, well, she's going to have a, you know, a tough job from that, that barrier. So, uh uh, all we can hope is she gets as soft as run as she can, and uh, and hope that you know she, you know she has got ability this filly, but uh, she's certainly going to have to produce it all today. Your best. Oh look, I I I, I do like the probably the first two runners. Um, she's a dandy and uh, and taught. Good luck, Greg. Thanks for your time. Thank you very much. There's Greg Urell there. Let's head to Bendigo to catch up with Brett Stanley and hear the shock in that last race. He gains a start, and he'd be competitive, all right, in that final event with Jet Stanley taking the ride. Brent, good morning to you, mate. Morning, how are you? No, uh, Jet, Jet, I'm good, thanks, mate. Jet won't be right. Craig North's down on him, actually. Oh, okay, so yep. Jet's heading to Mildura. Correct, yes. Okay. Um, surely he would have... Did he try and talk the old man into to going to headquarters? Well, he got a, he literally, he got a run about a minute before you called, so... Oh, okay. <laughs> it was very, very late crashing where he, got, where he gained a start, so... So can he win here to shock now he gains a start? Um, well, hopefully he can, yeah. He's uh, down, in, down in weight on a bit of a better surface than what he's been running. He's been running on uh, power paddock tracks for 
at Sandown, carrying a lot of weight, but he's a lot fitter. He's a lot fitter today, third up after his uh, first two runs. So you definitely don't want the rain to arrive? No, well, you know, a bit of rain, a bit of rain won't hurt him, but um, it's not going to be a heavy, heavy ten that he's been racing on. So, uh, you no, know, it won't, won't affect him. He's drawn well, so quite, uh, quite excited to get him to the race today on a bit of better surface. Yeah, you make your own luck with him as well from that low gate. Yeah, he'll roll forward for sure. He'll roll forward. Um, as I said, he's a lot fitter now. He, he got girled at his last prep, so he done. He had a good spell, so taking a couple of runs to tighten up. So he's a really fit horse going into today. All right, Jet heads to Mildura to ride throughout the day there, but he's also riding Mongolian Flame first up. This prep for your stable, your thoughts there, Brett? Oh, she knows further, but she's been trialling good. We've done, done a lot of different things with her. She was over racing and not finishing off last preparation. Uh, so we've been in behind him, hitting the line. She trialled good last Monday at Chura. She may need a little bit further. It's not a strong race and there's not many in it. So um, you know, she should be midfield and she can run well fresh. Okay, so $23 is a big price worth something small each way? Yeah, just small, just small each way, yeah. If I was, if I was, if I was, if I was up uh, up there, I think a good chance in the last all too tough. The way the track raced yesterday for the front runners, he should take take some catching today. All right, then. So that's race seven, number four, with John Robertson taking the ride. Should we have a punt today? Is it all too tough or here to shock is your best? No, um, yeah, one and a naught to 58 for a reason. And uh, so here to shock, here to shock. If you're going to have a better, it should be very hard to beat today. All right, good luck, Brett. Thanks for that. Cheers, guys. Take care. Thank you. There's, there's Brett Stanley there. Betty Hayes joins us. I tell you what, um, he's a superstar, Betty. He, he can train a horse, but he can, he can tip a footballer as well. And it was a, a disgrace that his brother Will got two weeks um, there on um, after that tackle on Saturday night. And Benny joins us now. Um, hopefully, you got the three dollars fifty um, for Will to get more than sixteen and a half touches, Benny. <laughs> no, I'm not allowed to back my own brother. So, oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, it's a strange world that we live in these days. Well, thanks yeah, for the tip. We appreciate it. Yeah. Um, no, very good. How are you? Yeah, good. Thanks, Benny. You got. Um, some nice chances at uh, Caulfield. We'll start off with Chester Warrior in the two-year-old race. Uh, what can you tell us about this baby? Look, he's, um, he's taken a little bit of time, but uh, this preparation he's really developed and strengthened, and he's had three jump outs. And I thought his last jump out in particular was impressive and warranted a go at City Class uh, for his debut. Uh, I think the good draw... He should be able to get a nice run in a relatively small but competitive field. So it'll be interesting to see how he measures up to this class of horse. So when you sit down with everyone at Lindsay Park, how do you decide whether like a two-year-old's ready to go and debut in town? Or is it a case these days that sometimes a, 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 a two-year-old race midweek can be as tough as, say, heading to Saturday at Caulfield for, for a two-year-old race? Uh, there's an element to it. Um, you get a good feel of your two-year-olds as you go through the season and how they work at home. Uh, but you're correct there. Like, the, his next option was a Bendigo on the 31st, and that race could be just as hard. Um, you don't really know until uh, you see the fields. But, yeah, I just thought he tried really well. He came through it nicely. His piece of work through the week was excellent. So um, I thought we'd have a go. Can he win? Look, that wouldn't surprise me. Um, you know, he's well-related uh, to the champion Tasmanian horse. So if he has half that ability, he'll be very competitive. Amika's new to your stable. Um, can she win first up in the third race for the mares and the fillies? Um, it will be a bit, a bit more learning for us today. Uh, she arrived in fantastic order. Uh, she's actually had three jump outs for us. So she's really fit and ready to go. And we've got the blinkers on for a first start for us because she never actually had a break. Uh, from her last campaign, um, but we've just freshened her up. Uh, for what we've seen at home, there's nice ability, and I think this will be the weakest race she's running in quite a while, uh, dropping back in class. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how she goes from barrier one. Uh, we just need a little bit of luck. So even when the, the punters are reading the form guide, it suggests that she's first up and she's six starts for, um, well, they're all unplaced with the first up record, but we should ignore that today, Benny. Oh, she's never actually went out of work. Yeah. She got sold at the mare's sale and then came straight down to us and um, just we ticked along and kept her happy. So, And she's had three jump outs as well. So, um, look, she's she'll be more forward than most of our horses first up. Our trial man on RSN Central, Glenn Ingram. Geez, he gave a good push for Sandy Prince, who's first up 
in race number six um, against the three-year-olds, of course, over the 1,200 metres. How's he come back? Uh, very happy. Uh, it was very frustrating. His first run, uh, last preparation, he had a minor bleed and we had to give him a long holiday. So he's actually very lightly raced now. And this preparation, both trials have been really good. He's won both of them uh, on the bridle uh, going away. So uh, I think he's right up to this class. And he gets in really nicely in the weights as well. So uh, the wide draw is a little bit tricky, but it is only a, a shoot turn. And I think he'll get a nice run in transit and be very competitive today. What's his best trip? Um, look, I think he'll go really well fresh over 1,200. But I'd like to see him out to, you know, 1,400 mile. I think he'll be very good. He's got a high cruising speed and a good turn of foot. This morning when you had a look at Asa, I don't know if he's at Flemington or, or um, Euroa, I don't know where you are, Benny, but I um, wonder what we had a chat to Asa today about this morning. How do you think he'll go? Look, he looks fantastic. Yeah. Uh, he's in good order. Uh, I like Talking with JD, we, we really do believe he was just out sprinted over 1,100. Uh, there's a couple sharper, a couple really fit uh, winter horses. Um, we freshened him. He had two trials and... The race itself wasn't actually run at a very fast tempo, and just, he just found it a little bit sharp. So I'm hoping today there looks to be a bit more tempo in the race. The extra 100 metres, I think, will suit him, and we've drawn a little bit better as well. So we'll have options, uh, whether we roll forward or there's something that really wants to lead to sit off them. But he is a horse that does like space and not being pushed around, and from Barry six, I'm hoping we can do that. So today could be his day. We'll have to have a chat to Asa. Um, It wouldn't surprise me, but uh, I think he needs to want to do it. All right, mate. What's your best at Caulfield? Uh, Sandy Prince. All right, then race six, number eight, the promising three-year-old resuming. Thanks for that, Benny. Good luck. Yes, thank you. Great to catch up with Ben Hayes. And Ben Brisbane's got two strong chances engaged at Caulfield. And he joins us now live from, I would imagine, from Wangaratta today. Ben, good morning to you. Yeah, good morning. How is Wangaratta? Yeah, beautiful, actually. A bit milder than it's been earlier in the week. And uh, most of the way through working on the horses and uh, all is good in the world. You're staying three-year-old Forrest Diamond. Boy, she was brave at Flemington last start um, behind Calm, sir, who she meets once again. Can she turn the tables on um, that three-year-old gelding? I think so. She's trained on well. She's probably still a little bit inexperienced mentally, this filly. And... Um, Probably ride her a little bit quieter today. Ride her like she's the best horse in the race. She only has the 53.5 kilos, uh, and I expect her to sprint really well. So um, I'm happy with her, and certainly, certainly wouldn't be uh, changing her. All right, then. So that's a good push for Forrest Diamond. And, geez, you must be happy with the way Cool has progressed since joining your stable. I remember Team Hawks always had a big opinion of him as a two-year-old, and um, he's starting to live up to his ability now. Yeah, he's done, he's done a great job, this horse. You know, he's he's won four races now, including in town, and um, he's doing a good job. Uh, I thought he was really impressive uh, two weeks ago. Uh, he hit the line really strongly after doing everything right. Um, you could argue that this is a, a, a stronger race, but um, uh, he broke the, the hot shot of Mick Price's part that day, so uh, hopefully he can do the same again today. And it seems Alana just lets him settle into his races and lets him go through his gear and they, they get on really well together. Absolutely. He's very much a horse you, you need to work with. Um, you meet him halfway and, and he'll reward you at the end of his races. He he finishes off really well, especially around the corner. He's probably, he's probably not as effective up the straight where we tried him a couple of times, but uh, he's, doing, he's doing a really good job. And I guess you'd be hoping for a little bit of rain as well to arrive this afternoon. Yeah, I'm hoping, but I'm not banking on it. Um, he's probably like he—he's effective on 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 stop the tracks, but it's not essential for him. What's your best, Ben? Uh, Forest Diamond, I thought would be pretty hard to beat. Good on you, mate. Thanks for that, Ben. Good luck. Thank you. There's Ben Brisbane. So the three-year-old filly in the three-year-old staying race, the Chairman's Club handicap over the 2,400 metres is the the best from the Brisbane camp. That's race four, number three. 7.40 with Gareth Hall here on The First Word on this Saturday morning. RSM's Race Day and The First Word with Gareth Hall. Trent Bussett and Natalie Young, their stable's on fire at the moment and they've got 
some strong chances at Caulfield. And Trent Bustedon joins us here on the first word. Good morning to you, Trent. Gareth, how are you, mate? Good, thanks, mate. Geez, you must be happy with the way that the team's going. Yeah, it's been a little bit quiet last couple of weeks, but overall it's been a nice season, sort of um, up towards that 100 mark. And we've had three Group 1 winners and a dozen Group winners, so certainly can't complain. Yeah, you must be extra proud, especially it's great to see um, Natalie getting through her battle, but um, to do what you're able to achieve with Natalie going through chemo and that... um, it's been a it's it's been a tough year, but under those circumstances, you must be pretty proud with your team as well. Yeah, certainly. Natalie's hasn't stopped working, that's for sure. And it's very cliche, but it's about the team around you, isn't it? And we've we've suddenly got a good good stable team of of uh, people that we've had around us from the get go. So they all certainly work the long long hours that are very unrewarding. But um, no, it's been good. If Cusack gets a bit more luck this afternoon, can he win the first at Caulfield, I should say, this morning? Yeah, I wouldn't say he couldn't. Um, he sort of he hasn't done too much wrong. He he ran well first up, and then last last start he got uh, he would just found all sorts of trouble the entire race. So I'd say from barrier one he'll jump. I'd suggest he would lead, and it's always an advantage up on speed around Caulfield on, on the rail. So hopefully. Um, yeah, he'll run some sort of race. He should run in top three, I think. What about Shadow Hawk? Um, he got stopped in his tracks when he probably needed to um, continue on with his momentum. If that didn't happen, do you think he goes close at Flemington last start? I don't think he would have beat the winner. The winner won pretty dominant. I'd say he would have gone very close for second. Um, very similar field, obviously. It's pretty much the same same field, so... He'll be thereabouts, and again, he's each way chance, but you'd think he'd be running in the top three or four, and hopefully we can have a bit more luck, obviously. Yeah, Biscuero was going to be hard to beat at Flemington last Saturday. Um, what was the case for leaving him out there at Flemington and, and saving him for, for this race over the 1,200 metres? Um, his blood just wasn't 100%, so he just held up and, and waited, and his blood's obviously a lot better. His work's been first class, Um He's obviously got his fair share of weight, but even with that, he's got a good draw, and I'd be disappointed if he's not going close to winning. He's, he's definitely our best for the day. Okay, so yeah, the five weeks in between runs not a concern for you, mate? No, he's been kept up to the mark, and it's, it's only 1,200 metres. It's not like he's going over a mile or anything, so it's, um, yeah, it's not an issue. Beautiful. Um, so that's a good push for Pesquero in race number six. And what about commands the field in race seven over the 1,200 metres? Now, this is a good Phillies race for the three-year-olds. Uh, your expectations with her? Yeah, it's a pretty hot race, isn't it? Like, mm. she's, she's 20 to 1, and I don't think she's, you know, the worst she's done in her last eight starts. I think was running fifth last start, feeding a length. So she does not too much wrong. But I don't know if she gets around Caulfield that good. She sort of wobbled around the wobbled around the corner last start and it probably cost her um, but there's, you know that's where the race is, there's no race Flemington or, or Sandown for us so uh, shade go on, blinkers go on, just hope it makes her travel up on the bit a bit more and just trying to squeeze something out of her but she'll run well, she always does but like you say it's a pretty hot field. So if having a punt maybe Pesquero race 6, pretty confident? Yeah, like our, our first to a genuine each-way chance, I think, but he's definitely our best of the day, and I'll, yeah, I'll be disappointed if he's not going close. Good on you, mate. Good luck. Thank you. Cheers, Gareth. Great Thanks, to mate. catch up with uh, Trent Buston. Philip Stokes joins us, of course. He's only got the one runner in uh, Melbourne this afternoon, and that's Maliva and the Bletchingley Stakes as he looks for back-to-back Bletchingley Stakes after taking it out with Sanson last year. Philip, good morning to you. Um, can you compare your last year's winner, Sansom, to your mare this time around? Oh, look, Sansom, he was a very good horse to stables. Um, he was placed very good, and um, that was filled after he won the Bletchley. He went up in the rating points, and that was the end of him, so he's been retired. Uh, Maliva's has probably got a bit more upside, so, um, yeah, so I think she's probably a, a better horse. Yeah. Are you concerned over the 1,200 metres, or do you think that um, she can get a victory for the first time over this trip? I, I think she's an older horse now. She's physically stronger. Mentally, she seems to be better. So if she goes there as good as we can have her to run the 1,200 out. Um, if she doesn't, well, well, we'll just bring her back, back to you know, the 1,000 metre, 1,100 metre trips. But 
My gut feeling says she'll run it out. All right, then. Um, so she's worth a punt once again there after winning the Sir John Monash Stakes. Do you think that form will stand up, or do you think some of the, the form lines outside of the, the Sir John Monash Stakes um, um, will be difficult, difficult to contend with? Oh, I'll probably be looking outside, the, outside of those form lines. I'm hoping that form line stands, stands up going into the spring, but are they the A-graders? I'm not, not, not sure yet. Yep. Do you have a winner for us at Morpherville and that maiden? You've got Gallium oh. and Sabella going around. Both, both are going well. The horse Bembo's on ran really well the other day. It's probably going to be each way chair. All right. Thanks for that, Philip. Good luck, mate. Thank you. There's Philip Stokes there. Gavin Bedgood joins us, and he's got it. I would imagine should be close to his favourite horse and no effort. What a job that he's done with her, and Gav joins us now. Hello to you, Gavin. Yeah, good morning, Gav. Gee, she's been, it's, she's been your... Your star, really, hasn't she? Since you started trading, um, no effort. Um, she's never let you down, especially when she heads into town. No, she always uh, runs her best, and um, normally when she fails to deliver, there's normally a legitimate reason. So she's always around the money, and uh, you know, always gives you a good run for it too. The big question is, mate, can she run a, a strong twenty four hundred metres? I don't see why not. Everybody wants to find a reason why she can't win, but. Um, she doesn't know what she's buying out of, and um, she's probably not bred to run 2,000 metres, and it hasn't been a, a problem. And um, look, yeah, I, I, you know, that's that's the stumbling block, but I don't think it's uh, going to be an issue. Yeah, well, if that's the case, she would be a dollar eighty, dollar seventy in a field like this with the way that she gets in. If it was over the 2,000 metres, yeah, that's right. And if it was a handicap, she'd be carrying about nine kilos more than the field. So. Um, I think she's won about nearly half a million more than the majority of the runners in this race, and um, she gets in really well, and uh, she's in great order. She nearly broke their hearts at Caulfield over the 2,000 metres last start. How do you expect Lucky King to ride her, or does he just try and do similar tactics with her today from the, the front end? Look, she doesn't have to lead. Um, she, uh, We were prepared to hand the lead up at her last two starts to Grand Slam, and... Uh, and she was sort of um, ended up making her way to the front. And her last start, she probably uh, went a bit too solid her first 400 metres of the race, and that brought her undone um, late when she looked home. But uh, I won't be giving him too many instructions today. There's a horse like Rolls in the race that's uh, a pretty fierce-going horse. And, um, look, if it wants to uh, to take it up and um, it's going to go a genuine tempo, well, it can have that spot. She, as I said, she doesn't have to lead. You're pretty confident? Yeah, look, I can't have her in any better order. She had a, a tick-over trial in between runs and uh, providing she runs the trip today, which I don't think is going to be an issue, she'll uh, she'll be right amongst the thicker things. That'll do us, mate. Good luck. Thank you. There's Gavin Bedgegood there. Brad Taylor, of course, the racing manager for Sam and Anthony Friedman joins us. Brad, always a pleasure. Good morning to you, mate. Good morning, Gareth. How are you? Good, thank you. Plenty of your money with River Ribble. They just jumped out of trees to, to back um, this two-year-old last start, first up on a heavy track. Um, how's he trained on since? Yeah, he's done super since. Very happy with him. Um, the boys up at Flemington were very happy with his work on Tuesday morning. The comments post-work were, um, they think the pennies finally dropped with him following his first up run. So, um, a cult we've always had a really high opinion of. He, he went through the trials, um, before the Blue Diamond with, you know, Dormier and was probably trying better than him for a start, but just sort of had enough um, and probably was sort of still six months away. Um, like we said at the time, you know, he's going to be a much better three-year-old. So fingers crossed we can see that today. Obviously a big step up in class. Jerome Hunter's horse is going very well. So, um, yeah, he'll have to be at his best to beat him, but um, he's in really good order. That's a good push for River Ribble there in the first. What about Bel Air, this two-year-old colt by Ritten Tycoon, stepping up to the 1,400 at his second race start? Yeah, he was probably a little bit unlucky not to win on debut. Just got caught around the corner and, and took a while to warm up, and um, he's going to certainly appreciate the the uh, step up to 1,400. Obviously, um, a good money race and, and a small field, so you've got to have a, a roll of the dice. He's a genuine place chart. Uh, he'll, he'll certainly appreciate the, the 1400 should get a good run Billy Egan's riding really well so um, can't fault him Is it Arapuni's Princess Day today in the third race? Look she's running really well consistent this is certainly probably uh, albeit same grey this is probably a harder race than last time um, she runs well at Caulfield 
Um, Billy Egan, I think he's had five rides on her for two wins in three seconds. So he knows her really well and he seems to get the best out of her. So um, fingers crossed she should get a good nice run from that gate. And uh, the, the 1400 is probably a question mark. Two starts ago, Billy got off and Billy got off and said, don't go any further in 13. And then got off the other day and said, 14 won't be a problem. So that's probably the slight question mark where we thought she'd get up to this trip. Uh, albeit we kept her to that, those sprinting trips. Uh, for a while after she won at Caulfield on, on this meeting last year, so um, yeah, she's a you know she'll run well. She's an honest mare that tries hard. And Snap, geez, it was exciting to see her jump out recently. Um, she's first up this prep inside gate. Gets Jamie Carr. Would you be backing her today? Well, obviously the question mark. There's a lot of people saying the rail is going to be off today, which it can be. Um, she's going to need luck from barrier one. Uh, obviously she's shown speed in her. Her career today, um, it's just been far away to jump out. So it'd be nice to get a bum to follow with her, and, and you know, Jamie will have to be at her best to get her off the rail and, and into clear air. But uh, if she can do that, she's uh, a, um, you know a filly that we've got high hopes for, and hopefully she can measure up some better races through the spring. Your best, Brad? Uh, River Rebel. All right, mate. River Rebel race one, horse number six. Thanks for your time. Thanks, Gareth. There's Brad Taylor, of course, the racing manager for the Freedmans. We'll take a break and then we'll come back and wrap up the first word. Plus, of course, we'll have the final scratchings for the Caulfield men. RSM's Race Day and the First Word with Gareth Hall. Let's catch up with David Broddock because Turbo looks to be hard to beat in race number nine at Caulfield. Hello to you, David. Good morning. How are you? Good, thanks, mate. Dropping back to the 1,400 metres, is that a big positive for Turbo? Uh, yeah, look, look, he, we didn't have much luck the other day over um, over the um, 1,700. We didn't have much luck in running. Um, and today, I think with some luck in running, I think the horse will actually... Um, yeah, look, he's in great shape, and I see he's in the, in the betting, and, you know, he deserves to be. Yep. He's so, been a bit unlucky that he hasn't won um, this up to this, you know, at this level. But I'm sure it's it's close, and uh, hopefully today's the day. Yeah, he definitely deserves a victory this prep. Yeah, yeah, for sure. He's he, anyway. The horse is in lovely, lovely shape. I couldn't be happier with the horse, and um, yeah, we're just we're just hoping it all pans out. That's all we need to know, David. Good luck, mate. Thank you. There's okay, David, bye. There's David Brodak, of course. Good push there for Turbo. Um, uh, let's hear what Kath Coleman, of course, the assistant trainer to Peter Moody, had to say about the chances of Oxley Road in uh, the Bletchingley Stakes. Initial thing was that we wouldn't run him on a soft at all. Uh, so we'll just have to see whether if it comes up a five and if the reports are coming through that, you know, we think it'll be okay, then we might still see him go round. But We'll just wait and see how it comes up tomorrow morning and Pete will make that final call. Yep, so at the moment, Oxley Road is definitely in and uh, he's around a $6 chance in the Bletchingley Stakes. Another big chance there is Maria Mia, of course, the former Victorian man now with Joe Pride. Let's hear what Joe had to say about her chances in the Bletchingley, of course, with Jamie Carr taking the ride. I'm really happy with her. You know, she's a um, she's a fit mare that's come through winter racing and um, she's... She's been good. She's been a model of consistency since she's been up here, and uh, I think she'll take. I think she'll take her A game down there. How she lines up against those sprinters, I'm, I'm not exactly sure, but the market tells me she's a she's a good chance in an open race. Another Sydney sider with a big chance in the Blackingley is King of Sparta, and co-trainer Paul Snowden joins us here on the first word. Thanks for your time, Paul. G'day, mate. How are you? Good, thanks, mate. How is King of Sparta? Yeah, he's really well. Um, obviously. Um, you know, he's not a fan of the wet tracks and took the opportunity to sneak him down there. I think it's um, it's a lovely race for him today. Yep. Is the inside gate not his ideal barrier or do you think that it doesn't, um, he'll be able to cope with it today if he can get some clear galloping room at, at some stage? Yeah, that's what we need, mate. He, he needs to um, he needs to get some room and that's what we didn't get at Eagle Farm the other day. He had plenty to offer, but just unfortunately... He, he doesn't let down as good as what he can when he when he gets to the outside and, and lets down really strongly. So when he's in a restricted room, he'll just keep treading water until something happens, and and that's what happened with us at um, at Eagle Farm. But 
he's a, he's got an amazing turn of foot when he's um, when he's afforded that opportunity. So where do you think he will settle then from gate one? <laughs> Good question. Um, I suppose it'll it'll determine sort of how this track's going to um, going to be made on the inside. I, I suggest if it is what it is lately, they're going to be racing off the fence and. That might um, that might sort of open open a little bit more sort of doors for us um, when needed, but hopefully there's some nice tempo and it can blend in at the right time. Can we, should we have something at a price on Poetic Charmer or Carif at uh, Ramwick? Yeah, look, it's it's bottomless. Um, this Peno, it's the highest it's ever been this year, so we're on a, a very testing track. Uh, both horses get through the conditions, so it's not a, not a worry with them. Um, yeah, Poetic Charm was great first up. He was always going to improve off the back of that, and he has. Obviously, the favourites to beat, uh, beat him last start in the race again today. So that is uh, the testing material again, but I'm sure he can run well. And Kareef wasn't surprising to see how well he ran first up. He was tad unlucky not to fill a hole, end up running fourth. But um, training a little bit different these days. Um, you know, he won't get out any further past 2,000 metres, his preparation. So... He's very fresh and very full of himself as he was first up, and I, I anticipate he's going to run well again. What's your best today, mate? Oh, King of Sparta, definitely. Yeah. He's got the form on the board. He's 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 um he's just as long as we get that that vital runs when we need him, um, I'm sure he can he can run well. You're a star, mate. Good luck, Paul. Thanks for that. There's Paul Snowden there. Scratchings at Caulfield. Now we're racing on a soft five. If the rain stays away, there's a chance we might get to a good four this afternoon. The rail's out six metres, but there is showers predicted throughout the day, especially in the afternoon. But just uh, watch this space at the moment. Um, Scratchings in the first race. Tommy doesn't take his place. Hafey is out. Horse number four. Race two is clear. Race three, scratch the two. Mr. Gob Kane. Race three, number two. Race four, the six. Turin is out. Race five, horse two. WT is a scratching. Race six, put a line through the 10. Daily Bugle. The 12, I'm innocent. And 13, Red Fox. Race seven, one, she's all class. 14, Forbidden City. And 15, Hypothetical, along with the emergency. The 18, California Blazer out. Race 8 is clear in the Blexingley. And in race 9, scratch 5, Night Passage. 12, Sig Positano. 13, Sir Callahad. And at the emergency, the 19, Ruben Moss. It's right on 8 o'clock, the Melbourne Form Panel with uh, Warren Huntley, David Gately, and also Mark Hunter to follow, of course, the news with the one and the only Johnny Bowden.